What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women Podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. To learn more and to join our free online community, go to ChristianCareerWomen.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everyone. My name is Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women Bible Talk and Podcast. At Christian Career Women, we help women to aspire, achieve, and thrive in their careers and their personal lives. We invite you to join our community of ambitious Christian women. Go to www.christiancareerwomen.com to learn more. I'm excited about our discussion today. Today, we're going to talk about becoming the best you. And we are using the book Character Makeover by Dr. Katie Brazelton as our guide. And we've got Three godly, phenomenal women who are our panelists today, Catherine Gates, Kataya Rapier, and Diana Fur. And I am going to give each woman a minute to introduce themselves. Catherine, why don't we start with you? Thanks, Ellie. Yeah, um, like you said, I'm Catherine Gates. I'm the Senior Director of Content and Partnerships with Work Matters. Work Matters helps people close the gap between their work, really follow God's purpose for their work. And so I'm in charge of helping to develop content that really equips people to apply God's word in their work and seek God in their work um, and really abide. And my passion really is to help women reach their, for all people, but, but especially women, reach their full potential as leaders, as the, the people that God created them to be. Kataya, how about you? Hi, my name is Kasai Rapier. I'm a wife, a mother, a counselor. Um, also, I, I'm a pastor's wife. I love to have women reach their full potential. Um, I'm also passionate about just seeing um, women really explore all that God has given them. Um, I realize as women, we're very emotional creatures. Um, and I realize it's important for us to connect with one another and um, just develop one another. Um, and, I, and I think that's one of the things that I really just... Um, enjoy doing is just being among women and just having them grow and develop. Diana? I'm Diana Furr and my company is called Champions of Destiny and I am an executive coach to Christian women who own and lead businesses and our focus is all about what does it mean to create and lead a faith-driven enterprise? Uh, what does it look like in behavioral terms when God's word, his written word, and his living word, which is his presence, saturates the DNA of an enterprise in every key function of the business, all the way from core identity DNA through um, talent mobilization, um, uh, resource development, uh, revenue generation, operations management, financial management, etc. So my passion is really helping uh, these women who the Lord has placed uh, as women of influence in the marketplace for such a, such a time as this um, to not only uh, achieve exceptional results in business in ways that honor and please the Lord, but also to engage with the people he puts into their sphere of influence in ways that help love and lead them closer to him, because that's what lasts for eternity. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing, ladies. I'm looking forward to having our discussion today. Uh, all three of you are very successful women in your own right. And I think that this Bible study is unique in that we're talking about becoming our best selves. And I really believe that becoming our best selves is rooted in character development. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why I love this book, Character Makeover by Dr. Katie Brazelton, because it's all about making over our character. So the book actually has eight different character traits that we can develop, but we are only going to address five today. But as you can imagine, it's a very robust book. If you're interested in further learning about these characteristics, I encourage you to please uh, get your hands on this book and read it on your personal time. It's actually a wonderful personal coaching tool. It's actually 40 days with a life coach so that each day in the 40 day period, you can work on an aspect of those eight different character traits. So today we're gonna start our conversation talking about humility. And we'll start with a scripture, Philippians 2, 3, that says, do, not, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. And I love this scripture because we are Christian career women, and I would think, just a little hint, that maybe this is an area where Christian career women can focus. So I would love to ask our panelists in what areas do you think that Christian career women would most likely struggle with when it comes to humility? Um, I guess I will go first. Um, I will definitely say I, I believe in marriage um, because it's easy to want to be right and not acknowledge, you know, where we are wrong. Um, and sometimes we can focus so much on getting it right um, or, you know, want to be right in the marriage that we don't humble ourselves. Um, instead, we find all the flaws in our relationship, you know, what's wrong with our husbands, um, and not really experience that humility. And so I really believe in marriage, um, that's really a struggle, because especially when you have two strong people, you know, and so one of us have to come to a place of humility. Love that. Any other thoughts? I, I looked at it from the standpoint of actually in the workplace, um, and I was thinking of things like when you're applying for a new job or you're competing for a promotion or maybe even preparing for a performance appraisal because uh, the marketplace often rewards self-promotion. That's kind of the culture, uh, you know, selling your talents, justifying your worth and your value. And, um, you know, I think humility calls us to certainly to acknowledge our gifts and our accomplishments, but without exaggerating them. And being transparent about our weaknesses and our improvement needs, um, giving credit where it's due, and that's to other people and also to God, and um, admitting when we don't know the answer and to what uh, you were saying, you know, owning it when we're wrong. You know, all of those are acts of humility um, that I think can be challenging in the workplace, but very important. Absolutely. Catherine, do you have any thoughts? On the other side of that, I think a lot of women struggle with really letting people know what they're good at because they're concerned about coming across as arrogant. And so for, I find a lot of women that I speak to don't know how to talk about what they do well, don't know how to present their real skills and gifts because they've seen, they've seen other people do it and they mm -hmm. say, I don't wanna be like that. And so um, I love this verse because um, but one thing that came out in a study that we were doing is um, a gentleman thought to himself, well, I'm, I'm going to put myself down. This was a gentleman and this, and I think a lot of women do this. Mm -hmm. He said, because I don't want to be proud. And, and it was like, no, no, no. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so to Diana's point, we mm -hmm. have to have a healthy perspective on ourselves mm -hmm. and certainly give credit where credit's due, you know, give God the glory. I mean, I try to say, you know, somebody says, great job. I say, you know what? Thank God. <laughs> he was right there with me. <laughs> you know, God gets all the glory, but thank God he gave me gifts that I can write or do the things that I do. Yeah. yeah I, I can still relate with what you said because that was actually my challenge when I first became a Christian. Before I was a Christian, I was very ambitious. I was definitely a go-getter. But then when I became a Christian, I struggled with my ambition. And I really didn't understand what humility meant, right? I, was, I wanted to be humble. And I was in a workplace where I was coming up with great ideas. I was developing programs. And then I uh, shied away from actually stepping into a role where I was 
visibly leading the project because I thought that I wasn't being humble, even though I was the one that was the force behind the project. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I, create, I, I hosted this event and somebody needed to emcee the event. And I, would, I refused to emcee the event. Mm. And I sat there and I watched somebody else who had absolutely no issue stepping up there and taking all the credit for my work. <laughs> and I sat there thinking I was being humble, but I'm like, but this can't be humility because I'm struggling so much inside, right? I didn't have a, a, an understanding of what humility was at yeah. the time. So this is definitely an area where I had to grow, mm -hmm. just as you mentioned, sometimes mm -hmm. we, we, you know, we have to understand what this means. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. does mean that you can take credit for your work, but you have to mm -hmm. give credit where it's due, which is God gave you the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the one who enabled you to do it. And mm -hmm. other people came alongside you to make it happen. And you have to acknowledge those people as well. That's right. So let's ask our audience members to take a moment to self-reflect and to just ask themselves some questions. And here's a question. In what ways are you overly self-focused, either with anxiety, pride, insecurity, self-promotion, or worry? And it's a good question to ask ourselves because these are all different types of emotions and positions that we might take, but they can all lead to a lack of humility. Mm -hmm. uh, we might think that insecurity is um, something that is opposed to uh, being uh, self-focused, but that's kind of the post, that's kind of the point, right? Being self-focused, so self-focused that you forget that there's a greater power that you should be looking to as opposed to looking to yourself. And then it can almost mm -hmm. even become a form of idolatry when we focus on mm -hmm. things like anxiety and our pride and self-promoting and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of our panelists have any um, comments on this question before we move on. I'll tell you, when I think back to my younger years, I wanted so badly to prove myself, to prove my value, to prove my worth. Um, and I really did feel like I had to work extra hard to do that. And I think a lot of women do. Um, but if I made a mistake, it would be devastating. So for the longest time, I would try to hide it in some way, try to clean it up really quick. I mean, I really struggled with um, having to admit that I made a mistake. And it's been so freeing over the years to grow through that and to, to be able to say, wow, I let that slip or I messed up there or I misunderstood and the grace that comes with that and the growth and even the um, opportunity to collaborate has mm -hmm. been huge. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that like the world didn't come to an end, nobody mm -hmm. died, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, it really has lifted so much weight off of my shoulders when I can just feel free to do the work that is in front of me and not not have to get it perfect. That was it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always felt like I had to get it perfect. I don't, we don't, we mm -hmm. don't have to be perfect. That's a huge weight. And it really is rooted in that insecurity or fear. And, and, and um, I found that the more I trust that God is doing something in me and through me, the less, and I'm not, you know, I got, I've got work to do still. Right. <laughs> But the, the less I worry, the less I get anxiety over being, not being perfect. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, and uh, this was very true for me, I think it's, it's important that we get to some of the roots of why we struggle with it. Because, you know, wherever we go, there we are. And we bring to any new situation who we are, where we've been, um, what we've resolved, healed from, grown from, and what is still uh, our unfinished business. You know, for me, um, being a late bloomer coming to faith in my mid-30s, you know, I spent the first 26 years of my life thinking I'm nothing. And then I did a pendulum swing and it's like, I am everything, <laughs> you know, talk about pride on steroids. And it's like, uh, you know, I became, I mean, I became, I came, I moved from being a wounded victim to a radical feminist who could really take care of herself. And, uh, you know, I was um, I, a part of the human potential movement. I can be and do anything I want to be and do. And yeah, there's probably a God, but who cares? Look at me. Aren't I the center of the universe? <laughs> 
so then in my mid-30s when the lord thank you jesus came after me and i fell head over heels in love i began here i am 36 years old beginning for the very first time to understand what it means to be his yes. to be truly loved and uh treasured and valued without me having to prove anything to anybody without me having to justify without me having to earn it and to just start to learn how to live in that and you know there's no you know there's all this stuff out there about self-esteem we got to teach our kids how to have self-esteem there is no esteem that is greater than this the esteem the lord has for us yeah. and when we Amen. come to really understand it to really embrace that it's like wow wow major wow so i've been on that journey ever since i'm still very much a work in progress you know you know as we all are but but anyway sometimes um we really you know there's deep roots that we need to invite the lord into because he certainly wants to come and yeah. to help, you know, he really does bind up broken hearts and set captives free. So yeah. that was yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And just real quick, I was just going to say, even um, where Diana just said about the roots, I think a lot of time with, with all of those anxiety, pride, insecurity, self-promotion or worry, we have to get to the root of it. You know, whether it's something that happened to us as a child or even as an adult, what is the root of that that's causing that um, anxiety or pride or insecurity? Because for me, I, I struggle with a lot of insecurity and I, found, and I found myself just focusing on everything that was wrong with me. You know, it was like a session, just all like, what's wrong with you? Let's write all the things that's wrong with you mm -hmm. and not come into that place of identifying, you know, um, what I needed to fix and move and trying to fix it, but just staying in that place of regret and anxiety and insecurity, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So here we have a quote from uh, Dr. Brazelton from the book. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I love this quote because it gives us some perspective on how we can actually approach uh, humility. It says, the prescription for humility starts not with working on humility, but working on increasing your vision of God. As you grow closer to him, spend more time concentrating on him set your sights firmly on him, invest yourself on learning about him and talking with him, he will take up more and more of your field of vision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on this uh, quote before I move on? Kind of says it all, right? We have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. I mean, it, you know, I find when I, when I do get an anxious um, sense about me, I'm focusing on myself, how I look, you know, what, um, what concerns I have. But when I f fix my eyes on Jesus, just like I, I see Peter, you know, when he's walking on the water, as long as he had his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water. He was performing a miracle. But as soon as he put his eyes on the storm, the wind and the waves, he started to sink. Mm -hmm. And so th this is, you know, the more we know who God is, his character, his promises to us, who he, th who he says we are, the less that anxiety and worry and insecurity can, can take hold or keep hold of us. Yeah, I love that. I, the more we focus on God, that really is the answer to pride or anything else. It's just at the heart of uh, having that reverential fear of God and then loving him with all of our heart. It really is the yes. truth to pride. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about confidence. This is another uh, key character trait that we should be working on so that we can become our very best selves. And we've got a scripture here, Proverbs 14, 26, and it says the fear of God builds confidence. What do you guys think about this scripture? Uh, I love it. Um, uh, to me, I think of that fear as reverence. You know, mm -hmm. that's how I, how I look at it. And, you know, kind of going back to roots, because I think they're important. There, there is no evil that has been committed against us or by us that he cannot redeem and heal. And um, when we experience the truths that he shows us in scripture, when we experience them for ourselves, 
it's like he makes the words, uh, his word come to life. It's almost like he brands his word into us. It comes to life. It's more than words on a page. It's truth in our lives and he's demonstrated it. He's proven it to us. And when he does that, it's like our reverence for him grows. Our confidence in him grows because he has moved mightily, which he says he will do. And he's shown himself faithful. And, um, you know, so the, the scripture, you know, the fear of God, the reverence of God builds up confidence. It, you know, it builds it up in him. And um, we, we have more confidence that his grace truly is sufficient and his power truly is made perfect in our weakness. So I just love that scripture. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and for me, I think also when I hear uh, or see confidence, I think about boldness. And I think um, the fear of God builds up confidence. Also, it's a level of boldness that we can walk in, you know, because we know we, we're not doing it in and of ourselves. And I think a lot of time as women, you know, we want to be strong. We want to be like super mom, super wife, super everything and not lean on God at times. And when we go through those seasons, it's so it's so important for us to rest on him and say, God, you are the one that's given me the boldness to be super mom and super wife and super everything because in and of myself, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm so weak. But the danger some, sometimes is we focus, like I said, for me, we, um, the season I went through, we focus so much on our weaknesses and not the confidence that God has given us. You know, um, like I think Ellie, you said it about pride. It's like, Pride causes us to, you know, focus on ourselves. But when we realize it's God that's giving us the ability um, to write the book, to write the, um, you know, the devotional, um, it's him that's given us the ability. Then we're able to do it with humility because we know the only reason we're able to do it is because of him. Mm. Wonderful. I think when we have a healthy perspective on who God is. I mean, he is the almighty. He is the creator of the universe and he created each of us in his image to further his creation, you know, with, with the, the gifts that he's given us. Um, it, it stops me from feeling like I've got to be the one who fixes everything. It stops me from thinking it all depends on me, which is how I lived my life for a really long time. Um, I just thought everything depended on me, that I had to fix everything. I had to make things happen. And um, I still have to catch myself at times and realize that I'm not God. And I better have reverence for him and know that he is the one who's making things happen, not me. And so when I, when I do that, then again, you know, I have that confidence to know. I mean, when, I, um, when he gave me this book project, it's, it's a book that I don't feel um, equipped really to, to write on my own. And I just turned to God and said, all right, Lord, I'll write it, but you got to give me the words. And it gives me the confidence to move forward, to do a, big, uh, a major project like that, a little bit overwhelming or whatever it might be, whether it's a talk or even just a small devotional. Leaning on him gives me the confidence to know this is something that is is valuable because he's gifted me, he's guided me, he's directed me and led me to do it. That's wonderful perspective. You know, and as women in the workplace, we're often told that confidence is something that's needed for success. And in order to lead effectively, we need to demonstrate a level of confidence. It's very hard to go into um, corporate environments or organizational environments, especially when there's a lot of stress where there are objectives to be, um, to be attained and goals to go after and to be able to lead a team if you yourself aren't confident. Confidence is required so that people could, could believe in your ability to lead them. So my question is, do you as successful women in your own right believe that confidence can coexist with humility? I think that confidence without humility is, is some kind of arrogance or insecurity or, you know, or um, trying to put, put ourselves on a pedestal. I think real true confidence, stable centered confidence and he must have humility. It must be preceded by humility. 
in order for us to really be able to walk in confidence, especially consistently. And I, I agree as well, because um, I think we must be bold and assertive um, to initiate action. Um, and if we become passive, then things will pass us by. Ellie, like you spoke about the situation where you had somebody else um, pretty, pretty much pass you by. So with humility and confidence, we can be assertive and initiate action. Um, but the danger is when we move into being aggressive and try to force things, you know? <laughs> so humility, I believe, with confidence causes us to be assertive, not aggressive. Um, and it causes us to focus on others and how we can benefit others. And confidence also gives us the ability to act out that humility. Uh, I just think what's been said is really uh, full of wisdom. Um, I, uh, I think the world, many people in the world, and I think unfortunately many people in the church also, they kind of equate humility with uh, self-deprecation or self-denigration, that that is what humility is. Uh, downplaying our gifts um, in, in a way that really puts us down, puts them down, puts us down as if that's the right and appropriate way we are to be. But, you know, our scripture says our gifts come from him. You know, I love Ephesians 2.10. I mean, he, it says we are his masterpiece, his workmanship. And the original Greek word is masterpiece. We are handcrafted masterpieces, handcrafted by the master. And he's done that because he's set aside work for us to do that he has no, for no one else in the, on the planet, past, present, or future. That is like such a miracle to me, such an amazing miracle to me. And so to deny the, the, the giftedness he's put in us, to denigrate them somehow is, is sort of to cast aspersion on him. You know, it's, it reflects on him as if, well, boy, you really must have messed up with me. You know, you must not know what you were doing with me, you know, and like he doesn't make junk and he doesn't make mistakes, you know. So, so, um, so to me, confidence is, comes from acknowledging the master and the masterpiece he has created and recognizing, um, you know, our, uh, you know, like that, that we live and move and have our being in him. So we're not uh, worshiping the, the masterpiece he's created. We're worshiping the, the, you know, the master who has made us. And, um, you know, we don't have to, I love, um, Catherine, you talk about earlier, I don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. You know, he who has begun a good work in us, he's going to perfect that work until we see him face to face. Um, and he uses all the time, scripture's full of it, and our lives are full of it. We're examples of it. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And it's by his spirit. It's not by our power or might. And, you know, he makes it very clear, apart from him, we can do nothing. But with him, all things are possible. And I just believe, you know, those scriptures are not in conflict with each other. You know, he's not saying one thing here and then saying something different over here. I just think all of those kind of fit together in this beautiful, it's like a tapestry, you know, that um, it just all fits together, or a symphony maybe, you know, just all fits together with him orchestrating what comes out of it. So I think absolutely uh, humility and confidence coexist when we have the right um, frame of mind about it and the right focus. Um, I, I just think they really do. And they, and they fit together beautifully. I mean, as I believe he intended. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a self-reflection question for our viewers and our listeners. Uh, are you making sweeping, unsupportable statements about yourself, such as, I can't do anything right? Do you need to let go of something someone said a long time ago about you that just isn't true? You know, I've heard time and again, a lot of people whose lives have been derailed because of a comment that someone made during their childhood. A teacher who might have said, you're not going to amount to anything or a parent or a sibling or someone else in their life that has said something to them. And then that one comment has just played 
over and over again in their mind to the point where it just plagues them and just derails their dreams, their goals, their ambitions when they become adults. So if there's anyone out there who's listening to this Bible talk and is hearing us speak today, and if you uh, have been told by anyone in your life that you're not valuable, erase that because our God created you and our God says that you are valuable. So if you are feeling these, this, this way, then turn it over to God, surrender it to him and tell him to fuel you and to feed you and to fill you with his truth. Do you guys have any advice for anyone who might be struggling with this kind of thing? I do think, um, Ellie, to your point, not only do you need to recognize what those things are that you've bought into but, and release them, but then you've not, you need to replace them. Because if it's not replaced, it's coming right back, right? The next time something does, just goes a little awry. And so um, it's so important to know God's word, what God says about you, that you are a daughter of the one true king. You are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. Like you, we need to be praying those verses over ourselves, all of us do, so that the enemy's lies cannot take root. They, they have no hold when we're holding God's word up. And, you know, something someone said to me actually just came to mind. Um, one day a friend of mine came over on a Saturday and she said something like, oh, I just, I just got up about, you know, 10 o'clock this morning. And I thought, gosh, that's late. So I just jokingly said, you lazy thing. And I just, I didn't mean to be insulting. I was, I really meant to be joking, but she immediately came back with, I am not receiving that. And I'll tell you, that stuck with me. First, I was a little like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean anything. Yeah. But, but that stuck with me because she's a word, she's a word woman. She is a woman of, of the word and she, um, you know, she knows the power of words. And so she chooses, if somebody says something negative, she just makes sure that she does not receive it into her spirit. And sometimes we need to do that with our own thoughts. A thought comes to us that says, I'm, I can't do anything right. We need to immediately say, I am not receiving that. I am a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared ahead of time that I would walk in them. Whatever it is, you have those verses memorized and you can, you can say them immediately and deflect that thought. Yeah. I love that. And pick, picking up on that, Catherine. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Ellie, go ahead. I was just going to say, picking up on that, um, I think it's really important, and I love that you're focusing on memorizing the word because we have to get it in us so that we can, it, the Lord can draw it out of us in the heat of the moment when we need it most. And, you know, these lies that we pick up, like you said, Ellie, from a comment made when we were a child or whatever, I mean, we have practiced those lies for so long, they have become second nature. Mm -hmm. And so when we recognize the lie, which we need to recognize, and then replace it with the truth, what does God really say about this? We have to practice the truth enough that it becomes second nature to us too. We can't just say, oh, uh, oh, I'll read that verse one time and then next time, boom, it hits me. Oh, well, I guess I'm, you know, stuck with this forever. No, we have to, in, with intentionality, pursue the word and consume it so it becomes part of us. And we can't do that in our own strength either. It's like, oh, Lord you know, give me your grace and mercy that I might take this, really take this in me. So that because, you know, the, the word of God is the sword of the spirit and we have to be able to handle it, to wield it so that we can strike down the lie when it raises its ugly head and it will. So anyway, I just want to add that thought. Yeah. Um, I have a teenage daughter and um, you know how teenagers go through different cycles of one minute they like this, the next minute they change their wardrobe and things like that. And so she went through a season where her outfits just started looking very weird. Like, I'm like, what's going on with you? Um, and, but I didn't realize those words of me questioning her, her wardrobe was affecting her. And she got to the place, she was like, mom, I don't know if I like the way I look. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And I realized what I was telling her instead of me saying, oh, I like your outfit or you want to change that? But those words are going deeper and deeper. And so even for those that's viewing um, this the webinar right now, sometimes the words that's coming to us, 
we can take it, you know, as something we need to change, or it can move us into a state of depression. And that's why we have to be very careful because I realize that, you know, you may like, oh, that doesn't mean anything or I can get over that. But if we keep playing it over and over in our minds, then before you know it, we go from it being sad to depressed. And so even with my daughter, I had to get to the place of rebuilding her and telling her, oh, you know, it looks okay, but we need to change it just a little bit, you know, and now her confidence is back up. But it took me having to change my words that I was, um, you know, declaring over her. And now she's happy. She's uh, experimenting again, and she's excited. But I realized that my words was causing her to feel depressed. Wonderful perspective. You know, from, from two sides, right? There's the side of us either receiving what is said to us, and then also what we're delivering to others. And I just love this concept and this idea of replacing anything negative with God's truth. And, you know, we're in the middle right now of our 21 power thoughts for Christian career women. And that is exactly what our intention is. It's to replace any negative thoughts that we might have with God's truth. So what we've done is we've taken 21 scriptures and we've converted them into 21 affirmations. And every day there's a new affirmation. And today we're in day 11, and uh, actually today's affirmation is based on Psalm 16, verse 5, and it's, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. And I was just having a conversation with uh, another coach today, and we were talking about just our journey in the business world and how it's easy to look at other coaches and maybe even think that someone is more successful than we are, or maybe they're further along in their journey or than we are. Uh, and it just reminded me and it brought me right back to this power thought because it says, Lord, you've assigned me my portion. You've given me a message. You've given me talents. You've given me abilities. You've given me skills. You have filled my cup with whatever it is that you want me to give out there in the world. And you have made my lot secure. So I don't have to feel insecure if someone else looks like they're more successful than I am or they're further along because Lord, you have made my lot secure. And that's where my confidence comes from, knowing that my lot is secure in you. So I just wanna encourage all of you, if you really do need to replace any negative thoughts in your mind, in your heart, with God's word, you know, find those 21 power thoughts that we've got on uh, social media. It's also in our membership portal. But better than that, just open up your Bible. Go directly to the word. Find scriptures there. And you yourself can convert those scriptures that inspire you into affirmations that you can read to yourself every day. Do research on what it is that God says about you and own that because that's what matters, not what that school teacher said, the parent, the sibling, the friend, the ex-boyfriend, the ex-husband. It's what God says. That's what you need to own. And speak the word out loud because faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So. Amen. It's Amen. powerful. Amen. So here we go. Another quote by Dr. Katie Brazelton. Self-confidence comes not from believing in yourself, but from having faith in God. And that just sums up our conversation. So let's go on to our next character trait, which is central for us to being a solid Christian career women of confidence who step out there into the world knowing that God is leading us. And that is self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Any reflections on the scripture? Let me tell you, <laughs> this was like so fresh for me. As of January of 2020, um, my husband this past year had had uh, several different health issues. It had been a rough year and he's, he's doing great now. So, you know, praise the Lord. But there were long periods of time when we had a lot of stress and when we weren't getting exercise and, you know, we were had all these terrible habits and I got into these terrible habits and some of them were very self-destructive, like eating sugar as if sugar was the only ingredient on the planet 
that I should put into my body. I mean, it was really terrible. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit was on my case. I mean, I knew what he wanted me to do. I knew what I was doing was not healthy. I knew he was on my case about it. And I just kept saying, yes, but, yes, but. I don't want to give up this self-gratification. I like the taste. I, I know it's bad for me, but. And I will tell you, finally, he got, he just got my attention and I finally just surrendered. And I said, okay, Lord, you are so right. But Lord, let me tell you, and many of you know, sugar is a terrible addiction. It is very addictive. I said, Lord, I cannot do this. I know what you want me to do and I cannot do this. So would you please take the desire away from me so that I can eat healthier? The word he gave me for this year is health healthy body, healthy marriage, healthy business. So health in every aspect of life. And so let me tell you, ladies, who I'm seeing and anyone who's watching, he did that. And since January, I mean, I've had one little treat every morning. I don't drink coffee, so I have one little hot chocolate as my morning drink with some whipped cream on it, little treat. And then um, I, I have been, wow, exercise. I'm riding a bicycle like 11 to 14 miles a day, six days a week. I've lost 18 pounds. I just had my annual physical with all of my blood work. And let me tell you, it's like, whoa, yes, Lord. <laughs> Looking at all of those numbers and just seeing the fruit that the Lord was bringing about in me because I was willing to let go of my, my own headedness, my lack of self-control, because I was a city, just like the scripture says, I was a city with broken down walls. It's like, okay, enemy, come on in right. and just finish me off because that was the, that was the path I was on. So I just love this. And I am a living, walking testimony of the power of God to step in when we just reach the end of ourselves and we're willing to let him. Yeah, powerful. Yeah, I just love the imagery behind this scripture because, you know, a city needs its walls to be protected from invasion. Mm -hmm. And when we don't have those walls, when we don't have personal walls, we are open up to anything that could come our way, right? No boundaries. Uh, and, and that's a horrible thing to, to, to not have a boundaries when you're trying to walk in the spirit and trying to walk with the Lord. That's and right. when we know, because the Lord tells us that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his only agenda. And when he finds a city without any walls, open invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So our audience members should ask themselves, are there areas in your life where you are out of control? And some examples include uncontrolled emotions. Are you able to control your words? What comes out of your mouth? Are you able to control what goes into your mouth in terms of eating? How about your spending? Are you uh, in control of your spending? Or how about just being able to control your doing. This is my area where I need self-control. I can't stop doing. I'm addicted to productivity. I've got tons of this, right? I have all these goals I want to accomplish and I can get so focused on accomplishing these goals that I forget that I need to rest. I need to spend time with my husband. I need to connect with my friends and family. I need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to get, you know, I, all these things. Sometimes we lose control in certain areas and we don't realize because we think we are being productive, right? That becomes an excuse for us not to own that we are actually out of control in a certain area. So stop and really ask yourself, am I out of control in any particular area? Another area that's, um, that we should consider here is in actually controlling people and things. Sometimes we can't stop ourselves from wanting to control our children, our husbands, people that we work with. That's also an area that we can think about whether we're out of control in. Any thoughts here, guys? I think it's connected to personal vision as well. You know, like if you don't have a vision for your finances, if you don't have a vision for your health, you know, as um, your emotions, 
then it's so easy to get off track or, you know, especially if you don't have, say for instance, you don't have a um, vision for saving any money, you know? So of course, everything you see for Christmas, uh, holidays, you're always in a store shopping because it's like spin, 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 you know? And I think even during this time, you know, um, even for me personally, I'm, I'm having to make sure, like, I really don't need that right now. I want it, but can that wait? Um, and so even for me personally, I'm trying to work on my financial vision because I could do a lot better in that area. And even as it pertains to eating, you know, if we don't have a vision, you know, we want to lose a certain amount of weight or we want to gain weight or, or whichever, um, then it's so easy to overeat or not eat enough. Um, so I think it's really connected to our personal vision um, that we have for ourselves. I love that, Kataya. I mean, if you don't know your why, if you don't have you know, a desire to be healthy, a desire to, for example, maybe there's a goal of buying a house or just having a certain amount of money in savings or where that might be, building relationships so that you're using your words better. Um, if you don't have that vision, it's going to be a lot easier to, to slip into uh, a lack of self-control. So I, I love that. You have to know your why. Um, I remember there was a time when I was doing Weight Watchers and somebody said, nothing feels as good. Nothing tastes as good, as good as it feels to be thin. But I translate that to nothing, nothing feel, sorry, nothing tastes as good as it feels to be healthy. Right, Diana? Yes. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so you do, you have to have your why. I mean, there's definitely areas, social media. You forgot social media, Ellie. <laughs> Talk about another addiction. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I do find like it's part of it is, is also making sure that you set healthy boundaries, right. knowing like if I don't get enough sleep, I'm not going to be worth very much tomorrow. And I want to do my work with excellence to bring glory to God. So I'm, I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning because I want to have quiet time with God. If I want to get up rested, then I better get to bed by nine o'clock, right. you know, and that's that sort of thing. So, so knowing your why, knowing, knowing what it is you're, you're trying to accomplish and definitely prayer. I know there have been things that I really felt a bit addicted to in the past. And, and to your point, Diana, mm -hmm. just through prayer and seeking God and perseverance and knowing that why mm -hmm. he, it's like, wow, that's not even a temptation for me anymore. Yeah. God took that away. That is amazing. You don't notice it because it happens over time, but he does, he is faithful and he does work in our hearts. I often ask him, Lord, please work in my heart, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me so that I, so that I can exercise greater self-control. Mm -hmm. And then we have to do our part. I love what you said, Catherine. Then we have to do our part. Uh, we have yes. to walk in it. You know, he gives us freedom. He sets us free. We have to walk in our freedom. Um, we have to not flirt with what will take us toward disaster. Yes. Um, you know, so, you know, so it's like for me with sugar, I don't go around looking at chocolate, smelling it. I mean, I don't go around seeking the stimulation, you know, it's just like, oh, I see it. Look the other way. Not an issue. Yeah. But we have to walk in it. We do. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So our quote here uh, from Dr. Brazelton. The key to breaking bad habits and foregoing their addictive rewards is to replace them with good habits, which carry more significant rewards. Bad habits and temptations have a strong pull. The first step to breaking their power is to admit your powerlessness to overcome them. Sound like an AA meeting? And to Amen. seek God's power over your habits. Amen. Amen. So the next characteristic that we're going to look at so that we can become our best selves is generosity. The scripture here is 1 Timothy 6.18, and it says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So thoughts on this scripture? We have to remember that everything comes from God. You know, if we think we, anything belongs to us, we're really off base. 
And so when we remember that God has given us the gifts that we have and they belong to him and we are just stewards, we are simply just stewards of those gifts, that makes a, a tremendous difference. Um, it, it, I know that, that I appreciate the generosity of people uh, when I was in need and it makes me definitely want to be more generous. And he says, in, you know, in terms of even being generous with our tithe, you know, that's the one place where God says, test me, test me and see if I won't pour out more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I really, again, if I even hesitate or I start to feel like I want to hold on to something, I just remind myself this all belongs to God and people have blessed me. I want to, I want to in turn bless them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, a good segue into the self-reflection question, which is what things can you share? Is this a new concept for you that you are simply God's steward of what he is allowing you to own? How would it change or has it changed your attitude towards sharing to look at your possessions as God's possessions? Um, That's interesting um, what Catherine just um, shared about even from the concept of just tithing. Um, I had a situation one time where um, things were really tight for me financially um, and we had a bag of chicken in the freezer and our neighbor was really going through a tough time as well. Um, and God put them, put them, place it on my heart to sow the bag of chicken to their household. And I'm like, but God, that's our last bag of chicken, right? And God said, no, I will bless you, just sow the chicken. I'm like, okay, God. And so I blessed um, my neighbor with a bag of chicken, right? Something so simple, but at that time, we really needed that chicken, right? And I went to church that Sunday, and someone just came to me and gave me a financial blessing, and they didn't even know that things were tight Mm -hmm. for me. But I'm like, wow, if God can bless me from giving away chicken, what else can God do in our lives if we are faithful to just listen and obey? Because I never thought that sowing chicken, you don't think about sowing chicken, right? You know? Mm -hmm. And so you never know what God may tell you to give. For some people, it's been vehicles and things like that, right? But you Mm -hmm. never know what God may tell you to give. It could be something simple, but if it's costing you something, and during that time, that chicken cost me something because things were tight. And so I think it's so important for us to realize that none of it is ours. And if God gave me one bag of chicken, he could, that Sunday I was able to buy five bags of chicken. (laughs) That is so powerful, Kataya. That is so beautiful and powerful. It is. Wow. Wow. And it it reminds me, right, if we take it back to us as as ambitious women, as Christian women in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. you know, why do you think it might be for Christian women in the marketplace, difficult to be generous. Why do you think that this might be a character trait that Christian career women would struggle with? Yeah, Ellie, you know, when, when I looked at that question, the first thing I thought of was our time. And unfortunately, um, there are a lot of women who perhaps are moving up in their careers but they, because they have a scarcity mindset, because they don't think that there's enough for everyone, they're afraid to now mentor other younger women and help them also advance. And I, I think that's what it is, is, is just a fear of scarcity that, that is prevalent culture, um, especially for women. And um, it's so unfortunate because the more we support one another, the, the more we all stand to benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the thought that there's only one pie. And if I uh, give you part of my piece, there'll be less for me. Instead of together, we can increase the pie, make a bigger right. pie. Um, and it's really unfortunate. And I was on the receiving end of that um, a couple of times in my career of, of women who unfortunately um, didn't see that together we could really do more. Um, and it's, it's just really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Um, yeah. And, and I think also, too, um, sometimes I think it's because it's like, I don't want you to be better than I am, you know? And instead of saying, I, I don't want you to be better, 
Um, and someone just said it. I think it's better. It's, it's important for us to come together because we're stronger together. And there's certain skills that another woman may have that you may not have. But if we can come together, we can learn from one another versus it being this level of competition. Instead of comparing myself with another lady, I really should be comparing myself with the last version of myself. You know, am I better this year than I was last year? And then Amen. what women can I connect with so I can become a better version of myself this year instead of just being jealous? And I think that is a struggle we have as women um, when we see other powerful women, we're like, oh, she thinks she's all that, or, you know, she's full of it, versus what can I learn from her? Why is she so confident, you know? And I, I think this uh, takes us back to what, where we were earlier in our conversation. Where's our vision focused? Is it on us? Is it on someone else? that we feel better or worse than, or is it on God and what God has for us? I love what you said, Kataya. It's really about, you know, where am I now in relation to the potential God has put in me and the calling he has on my life? Because he is faithful. And, you know, regardless of whatever anyone else is doing in the work environment, he has plenty of chickens to give us, you know? I mean... <laughs> You know, and he can bring them out of nowhere. He can bring opportunity that, you know, he can bless our socks off. I love that expression. He can bless our mm -hmm. socks off in ways that are totally unexpected because he's the one who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So he, you know, he's working within us uh, to do all of that. But in a, in the, you know, in the, in the business environment it's so easy to get our vision focused on the wrong thing and then to lose sight. Um, and then we, you know, we, we end up back in, um, you know, the enemy's territory and opening ourselves up to um, his agenda instead of God's, I love what you said, Catherine, um, you know, the scarcity mentality instead of this mentality of abundance. And I, and I don't, even say the abundance in, in dollar terms, because I think there's so much abundance that the Lord has in his kingdom that has nothing to do with money, you know, because gold is pavement in heaven, you know? And so we need to have an abundance mindset of kingdom priorities and, yes. you know, what matters, what, what he treasures and wants to bring forth in and through people's lives, which is why I believe the, you know, the eternal significance that we each have and that the Lord wants each of us to have as we walk out our temporal life, whether it's at home in our marriages or it's in the workplace and we're leading a team or we're part of a team or we're a senior executive or the owner. We, if we are Christians, we have, you know, an eternal difference to make in the sphere of influence that we have. Um, and that is what's going to last long after whatever's our latest promotion, our raise that we did or didn't get. Yeah. You know, sometimes how we respond to situations that didn't turn out the way we hoped can be the most powerful witness we can put in front of someone. Amen to that. Why would you react that way? Everyone else would do this. And when it begs the question, we can account for the hope that's within us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Holy Spirit showed up today. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so to wrap up our conversation about generosity, uh, Dr. Brazelton's, uh, um, I was going to say scripture, her quote says, your possessions are not your own. God alone them to you. And you are not your own. God paid a price for you. So our last character trait that we need to develop in order to be the best us that we could be is perseverance. James 1.4 says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Any thoughts on the scripture? Perseverance is hard work. You know, it, it, it means that you're going to have to go through some tough things, but God uses those tough times, those challenges, those trials 
to, to refine us and help us get stronger. You know, I, you've probably heard the analogy, but a butterfly, if, if a butterfly d doesn't have that struggle to get out of its cocoon, it won't be strong enough to fly. If we don't go through some of those hard, difficult times and, and see that we can get through them, we will not be strong enough to do the next thing that God has prepared for us to do. And so um, we need God to persevere. We absolutely need to abide in him and continually pray and, and seek him and know that he's with us. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's where we get our strength to do the, the greater things that he's prepared ahead of time for us to do. Mm -hmm. So some self-reflection for our viewers and listeners. What type of dream killers have you encountered? Uh, like getting halfway and wanting to give up or things getting worse before they get better or even uh, strength giving out or detractors and naysayers. Ask yourself, where have you experienced some of these uh, dream killers? And remember the conversation we shared before. The more grounded we are in God, the more strength he gives us so that we can go that extra mile. And it's in those trials and tribulations that we actually gain the strength that we need to be able to go further, longer, and become stronger for him. Yes. So um, just uh, as, as we're starting to close out our conversation, I'd like to ask our panelists, um, have you had to persevere in your career or in your personal life? Catherine, an uh, example came up as you were talking uh, that, you know, unless we struggle, we won't have the strength to get through the next challenge that is placed in front of us. Um, back in uh, 2011, I was retiring from a precious work the Lord had invited me to be part of, um, a Christian medical facility that he raised up out of nothing in our very poor county in Central Florida. And it was just so many miracles. It was so beautiful. Um, tens of millions of dollars of uh, care was mobilized for thousands of patients who otherwise would never have had this care. And it was all done in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. ministering to the whole person, body, mind, emotions, and spirit. Two attorneys attacked us and attacked um, uh, the significant funding and uh, the decision makers actually threatening the decision makers with personal and criminal liability if they approved the funding for us because we were too Christian. They said they would remove their, um, their opposition if we took Jesus out of our mission, if we took the cross out of our logo, if we removed the volunteer chaplains from our facility so there would be no spiritual care offered even voluntarily. And uh, I will never forget, I mean, it was months and months and months. This was very hard. That was significant funding that we really needed. It was like the chicken, but it was in dollars. We really needed it. And I said, Lord, if you want to take this money away, because you have another way to provide, because this is your place, this is not our place, and you're going to give yourself more glory by raising it up in another way, so be it. Um, and yet, you know, intercession weeping before the lord for this money we got the money by god's grace we got the money but i will tell you that season of striving and of persevering and my perseverance increasing came just a month before the victory came a month before i was diagnosed with cancer imagine what would have happened if I had backed away and given in where my perseverance and my strength would be when the next challenge, just like you said, Catherine, when the next okay. challenge came and okay. yet consider pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, but because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and that perseverance was equal then to the next challenge that I didn't even know was coming. Yeah. Yeah to your point very powerful thank you jesus yeah. who Praise sees God. it all and who knows what's coming yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that brings us to our final quote from dr brazelton which says god inspires you for a reason yet he does not put you in a bubble and keep you perfectly protected while you're working toward your goal be prepared to defend the dream and call upon god when you come under a
attack. Any final thoughts, ladies? Um, what's the, it's six words that sticking out to me in that quote, and it is be prepared to defend the dream. Um, and I think about a child that's um, crawling. Their dream is to walk one day, but they have to start with crawling. And they don't just get up and say, you know what? I just don't believe that God's calling me to walk because of these struggles. You know, as a child, a child is crawling, they stumble, they fall. And the child don't give up because of the struggle, because of the opposition. The goal is to walk. And I think a lot of times when we face opposition, we feel like it's time to throw in the towel. We don't have the spirit of a finisher. So we quit because we, we reach a rough patch. And I think we have to realize that when God give us a dream, that we do have to be prepared to defend it because it's not going to come easy. And sometimes, you know, you think about a lot of great leaders today, you know, um, of nations and things like that. Um, it wasn't easy, but they may be in a position right now and everybody like, oh, look at them today. But we don't know what all they had to overcome or the challenges that they had to go through in order to get to that place. So I think with any type of dream, you have to be prepared to defend it. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. And with that, I want to say thank you so much to our panelists. You guys have been phenomenal. I got to tell you, I really felt um, the wisdom pouring out during this Bible talk today. So thank you so much for being willing to give up your time, share of your wisdom, and just let uh, the Holy Spirit work through you. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. It's been great. It's You're been welcome. fun. Thank You're you so welcome. much. Wonderful. And to all of our viewers and listeners, until next time, God bless. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.